Hey, it's Kelly Walker, and I am the queen of manifesting. You are listening to a podcast about manifesting your dreams. And the way you do that is by changing what you think about, what you talk about, and what you believe. And so it's actually easy to manifest your goals once you know the formula to manifesting and how to control that inner voice in your head that's always telling you what you can and can't do. So stick around, take some notes, and welcome to the Queendom. Hey guys, before we get started, I want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by the lovely Megan Heward. She is a health and fitness coach I met a few months ago, and she has a challenge starting August 8th that I want to invite you all to join. How many times have you given up on a fitness regimen, diet, or lifestyle change? If it's too many times to remember, you're not alone. And the main reason most people fail is that they don't have accountability. If there's no one for them to report to, when time gets tough, they're going to stop going for their goals. So Megan's challenge incorporates that missing ingredient of accountability with fitness and nutrition. So you have the best chance of succeeding at your health and fitness goals. So if you're ready to level up, please go to Megan's form, which is at bit.ly forward slash August 8 challenge and sign up for it today. Again, it's bit.ly, it's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash August, the number eight challenge and get started on success to your health and fitness goals today. Hey, it's Kelly Walker. Thank you for listening to the Queen of Manifesting today. We have a special guest for this episode. His name is Bart Merrill. He is an international entrepreneur and a speaker, and he has written a book that I love called Monetize Your Mindset. And it's about how to take things you're already doing in your life and monetize them. And so after I read his book, I started thinking, okay, how can I monetize things I'm already doing? And um, my husband and I were doing our accountability reports in the morning and we're like, we should make an accountability call and charge people to join it because we're doing this anyway. And so um, we totally did that. And so now we have people paying us to be part of our accountability call So it helps them, it helps us, it holds us accountable, and it makes money. So I'm super excited. Your book is awesome. You're super smart, and I'm excited you're here today. So welcome, Bart. Thanks, Kelly. How are you doing today? I'm awesome today. Awesome. (laughs) Okay, so tell me, I don't know, like, I love your, um, you tell so many interesting stories. And, you know, we go to Toastmasters together, me and Bart, and so we get to hear each other's stories a lot, but Bart's a really good storyteller. And so, of course, it makes sense that he would write a book, and his book is full of all kinds of, like, case studies, people that came to him uh, with, you know, how do I monetize what I'm doing? And he has some really fun stories in there. So, Bart, why don't you just tell me, like, how did you even think of coming up with that book in the first place? So the book title is Monetize Your Mindset, Create Financial Security, Monetize What You Already Know. Mm. And I've never had a real job, never done the nine to five thing. I've 
and it was by accident. So I went to school, I studied accounting. The reason I took accounting was not because I wanted to be an accountant, <laughs> because I wanted to get in the FBI. Whoa. And that was usual. Yeah. And we had a friend that was an ex-FBI agent, and he said it's the easiest way in the FBI is through accounting. Ah, how funny. And it, and it makes sense if you think about it. They need, they need accountants in the FBI, but most accountants or people who study accounting because they want to be an accountant don't want to go get shot at. They're their personality is a little bit different than an FBI agent. Right. And once you get in the FBI, you apply to different things that you want to do. Mm. And if you're good at it, they'll, they'll let you, you know, you get accepted to these things. So I wouldn't necessarily have to be in the white collar crimes of the FBI I could apply for other stuff as long as I was good at it. That's awesome. And so anyway, the story, it goes that about, so my la I was at my, just at my last quarter at Utah state university and I took a break. Dad needed help on the farm. I needed to improve my, my Spanish speaking. And so I went home to New Mexico and helped my dad on the farm and on the farm, pretty much everybody just spoke Spanish. And so while I was there, the other, F, not FBI agents, uh, border patrol agents, customs agents, police officers that I was friends with down there was doing this new thing called radio keratonomy on their eyes, RK surgery. Mm. And I was like down in Southern New Mexico in a small town, not spending my money, didn't have a place to spend my money. I had money just rolling out of my pockets. And so I thought, well, I should do it while I'm down here. Had it done, corrected my vision and got back up to Utah State University, started the application process for the FBI. And I found out that that automatically disqualifies you from the FBI. Oh no. So I'm about ready to graduate with a with a a major that I hated that I didn't hate it but I didn't like it and I wasn't good at it. And so accounting? I was, yes, accounting. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> no offense to anyone. Yeah, exactly. So there I was. Um doing my part-time job of landscaping that I was doing in college. Devastated that I'm not going to get in the FBI, which is what I was working towards. Oh yeah. That's so sad. I was there. Buddy of mine, he, he comes up to me and jokes. Now I, I served a, a mission for the Mormon church for the LDS church to Japan. And so a buddy of mine knew that and he said, hey, do you want to go back to Japan? And he was joking. He worked for a bungee jump company. <laughs> and I thought about it a second and they were, it, the, the pay would be three times what I was making landscaping plus all my expenses. Wow. And I said, yeah, I want to go back to Japan. <laughs> of course I do. 
anyway, and it worked out. I helped take the first commercial bungee jump to Japan. That's awesome. And we were talking earlier about, about my philosophy and my mentality. And my book is really about awareness. Mm. Being aware of the opportunities that are all around you and being willing to take action. Yes. You know, being ready and willing to take action. I love that. And that's, that's how it all started. And my dad, one of the things that I learned this from my dad, because he was a farmer, but he wasn't only a pig farmer down in Podunk, New Mexico. <laughs> he was part owner in a dairy in Idaho, you know, clear across the country in Idaho part owner in a mushroom farm in Fillmore, Utah. Wow. He was part or he was part owner in an in a, a produce warehouse in Arizona. And it happened to be on the property where Diamondback Stadium for the the Diamondbacks in Arizona now stands. Oh, I've been there. I went there for spring training this year. Awesome. That's so cool. And so whenever they wanted that property he made a good chunk of change because they, they paid a high price for that, where our, where the um, produce warehouse was. Okay. And so my dad had his hands in, in many things. Right. And he was, he did what I just was telling you. He was aware of the opportunities when they came about and he was willing to take action, ready mm -hmm. and willing to take action. Yeah. And so that's where I learned it. I love that. And that's a really I, good life skill to have. And I, and I was telling you, like I, we, when we were talking, just preparing for this podcast. Yeah. I used to think that I didn't create anything. Oh. Life just happened. <laughs> you had no idea what you were and, doing. Yeah, exactly. And then my, my, my speech coach he he was whenever we first met and started talking and i i said that to him he says you don't you don't understand you were willing to take actions when things came about and i was just like you're right <laughs> it wasn't about whether i created something or not i was prepared and willing to take action and he actually told me the quote about luck luck is when when opportunity and preparedness meet. Oh, I love that. Yes. And awesome. And I believe it was some Greek philosopher that said that. But <laughs> but so that's what I've done all my life. I I've never had the real job thing. I've just been willing to to make contracts with people to to do things like the bungee tower then yeah. we took the first uh, the first sky coaster it's the big swing thing in the amusement parks oh my gosh those look so scary <laughs> <laughs> and so and then they here's one one so i would go to japan in the summer and work work building these amusement park rides and in the wintertime, I'd come back to the U.S. And it was right in, right around Christmas time, I got a call from Japan. Mm. They said, hey, Bart. And of course, it was in Japanese. It wasn't in English. But they said, hey, Bart, we saw this thing on TV. 
and it's a it's an amusement park ride in Germany, and we want you to go try it. Ooh. And I said, okay, what is it? Well, it's a completely unattached free fall into a net from about 150 feet in the air. And I said, <laughs> into a net? That's got to hurt. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why we want you to go try it. <laughs> and so I called Germany. Germany said, it's just for stuntmen right now. We'll call you when it's ready for the public. Didn't ever think I would get a call. Two months later, I got a call. They said it was ready, and I was on a flight to Germany to go try this. this what? That's amazing. I flew to Germany. It was in the middle. It was Hamburg, Germany, in the middle of winter. It was just freezing cold. <laughs> I did it four times, flew to Japan, sold three of them in Japan. We built them in Japan, and then flew back to the – well, I didn't. I flew back to the U.S., then I flew back to Japan to build them later on. Wow. And so that's just one of the adventures that came from just being, being aware of the opportunity of taking the first commercial bungee jump to Japan. Oh, my gosh. And then you got to do one of the coolest things ever. That's and awesome. We also designed and developed our own ride there <laughs> in Japan. Wow, that's awesome. And so that's just, that's just some of the things that have happened. I, I met my wife in Japan at the gym that I went to over there while I was building stuff over there. Wow. I met a, a guy in Japan. He, um, he was at the gym. When I first started going to the gym, nobody would really talk to me because I'm this big guy gene, this big American over there. <laughs> and they didn't know if I spoke Japanese at all. You know, the only people that even said boo to me were the, the staff members at the gym. Oh, wow. And this one guy came up to me and he goes, hello. <laughs> he waves his <laughs> hand in front of my face and says, hello. And I said, hello. <laughs> and he just kind of stared at me and I was like, konnichiwa. And went, started speaking Japanese to him. And he's like, oh, I'm so glad you speak Japanese because our, our conversation was done after Hero. <laughs> but yeah. I he was a big rig driver in Japan. Yeah. And he decided he wanted to start importing camping trailers. Oh. And so he asked me if I would help him. Help him. Wow. And that was back in 97, and we still do business today. Oh, my gosh. So and things just always kind of just show up and fall into place around you. But I, I could have said, said I know nothing about camp trailers because I didn't. Oh, yeah. That's you true. Know, you were totally open to I it. I could have said I know nothing about bungee jumping because I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I was willing to take action and learn yes. and make it and make it happen on that, that front. That's awesome. But the opportunities and I, and I, I believe that the opportunities are there for everyone. Yeah. They just need exactly. to pay attention. And, and a lot of it. So you talked about my book and how there were many stories in there about different people and what they've monetized, including myself and, and others. Right. And I believe that people nowadays or even back 
I don't want to just say nowadays, but people need examples. Yeah. They need to see what they do, they don't know what they don't know. Right. And so they, from that book, they say, oh, this guy monetized arguing. Mm -hmm. well, this guy monetized bees. Mm -hmm. Oh, this, the, this lady and her sister were at a nail salon getting expensive wraps done. And they said, we could do these ourselves from home. And, mm -hmm. a, and a million dollar business yeah. comes out of that conversation. It's amazing. And, and so that's just what I, I believe is that there's opportunities around everybody. They just need to have awareness. And, and my book gives examples and tells people stories about things that have happened. So it, it, it is a memory jogger or a, let's call it an awareness jogger. Yeah. For their mind to start thinking, oh, I, I like this. I could monetize that. I mean, who would have talked about monetizing manifesting? I'm sure right? people do. I'm sure you're not the first. I'm sure I'm not. But I would have never thought about it. Yeah. And I started doing it for myself for like a whole year before I ever thought about it. And I was like, wait a minute. I need to teach this to other people because it's amazing. Once you figure out the steps and, you know, Definitely your, your mindset is so important with both of our things, with manifesting and with monetizing the stuff you're already doing and being open to opportunities. Right. When we're going to take a little break, but when we get back, um, I would like you to talk about how people can shift their mindset to be open to those things and to be more aware. Okay. So, awesome. All right. So we're going to take a little break and we'll be right back with Bart Merrill. So stay tuned. Okay. We're back. And in this episode, we're talking to Bart Merrill, international entrepreneur and speaker and author of Monetize Your Mindset, which is an awesome book that I have used in my own life to actually monetize stuff I was doing anyway. So um, we've talked about the, the things that Bart has manifested in his life uh, accidentally and then, you know, how they've all turned out and led to some amazing things in his life. And now he's going to tell us some of his best tips for shifting your mindset yourself so that you can start um, combining, you know, luck. What did you say it was? Um, luck is... Opportunity, when opportunity meets preparedness. Yes. So Bart's going to give us his best tips on how to shift your mindset into that kind of a space. Well, my first tip would be go get my book, Monetize Your Mindset. Right? Find it on Amazon or at BartMerrill.com. Definitely get the book. And I'll drop a link in the show notes so people can find it also. Awesome. Like I said, it's awareness. So just open your eyes to opportunities. And if you, if you have, um, here's an example. Okay. If you have to do something, why not get paid for it? Yeah. So my, 
I, I, I joked that I decided to lose weight, but actually it was my wife decided that I needed to lose weight. <laughs> my first thought was, well, if I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to get paid for it. Oh like, my gosh. Like Marie what? Osmond or Dan Marino oh. that, that are the Nutrisystem spokespeople. Right. Exactly. And so I started thinking and I went out and right there I thought, you know, back to my weddingweight.com. That's an awesome website. I love it. I bought back to my weddingweight.com that afternoon. Oh my gosh. I held on to that website for eight years. Wow. Before I found something that worked for me. Oh my gosh. That's so smart. Because everything out there was about the 90 day challenge of, of you getting to the gym and dieting. Right. And I'm sorry, but my willpower just uh, wasn't there for that. I can get to the gym that first day and pay for three years, and then I never go back again. Oh, no. I, and I think that's pretty common, too. <laughs> I think it is. I know I've done it before. <laughs> and it, it wasn't until eight years later. And admittedly, I bet if it had gone another year, I wouldn't have held on to my website. Oh, wow. Because I think I had almost given up. Wow. So you just barely made it. <laughs> and exactly. And then I found, I've, I have, you know, I found something that worked for me. And now that website is a, an income to me. And if I, if I'm actually promoting it hard, it's, it's a thousand to $1,500 a month income. That's amazing. When I just let it sit there, it's 50 or $60 a month income. No, it's still good. And it's, it's, I, if I'm not doing nothing to, I'm holding, yeah, I'm having a website up. Yeah. And so that is, is what I'm talking about. It's just, when you think about things, how can you monetize it? Mm. And, and I think you can't do all of your ideas, but you can think about all of those ideas. Yeah, totally. And then you decide which one's going to happen the fastest, which one's going to happen. You make a list. You make a list of the things you like to do. So the three questions are, what do you like to do? Mm -hmm. what do you need to do. What are you already doing? Like to do, need to do, already doing. Exactly. Cool. Okay. And you make a list and then you, you'll, you'll, We'll, we'll rephrase those questions into what do you know, what do you need to know or want to learn oh. that you can teach other people? Oh, that's, I love that. And, and, and then you, so what do you like to know? What do you want to know? What do you, what do you like to know or what do you want to learn? What do you need to learn because of SEO? You and, I, you and I have talked about SEO and how to do stuff like that. It's something right. I learned for myself. Yeah. Why not get paid to help other people SEO? Exactly. I don't necessarily, I'm not passionate about it. Same thing with weight loss. I'm not passionate about weight loss. I just needed to do it. Yeah. And so okay. if I'm going to do it anyway, why not get paid for it? I love it. And it makes it easier if it's something you're not super naturally motivated about then that adds a whole new level of motivation to it, which totally helps with your success rate. Yeah, it does. Love it. And so that's how I would 
start people off is I just say, okay, let's make a list. And then from that list, what can you do the fastest? What can you turn into a stream of income the fastest? Mm. And so you're going to make another list there of what can you do the fastest? Yeah. And then you, if you need help, if you need a coach, I mean, I, one of the things I do enjoy and I am passionate about is speaking and how it came about is by once again, by accident, I'm, I am an adrenaline junkie junkie. I love <laughs> all the stuff, the rides and stuff that I've built. Right. When I got married, I kind of calmed down a little bit. I didn't want to die and leave my wife behind. Yeah. You know? That's and, nice of you. <laughs> and so I kind of calmed down a little bit. <laughs> and I was I was scheduled to give a testimonial for a product I was using back in 2006. Yeah. And it was on stage in front of like 4,000 people. Woo! That's a lot. And it was scary. I bet it was. <laughs> it was awesome. The adrenaline was rushing. <laughs> I got up on stage and I was prepared. I had practiced. It was only like three to five minutes. It was really short. Yeah. But when I said something that they were supposed to laugh at and they laughed, I was like, wow, this is awesome. <laughs> and when I said something that they were supposed to ooh and ah about and they oohed and awed, I was like, wow. Oh, isn't that the best? <laughs> and then I got off and the adrenaline was still running through my veins and people were saying, good job. That was awesome. And I was just <laughs> like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> and, and so that's kind of how I got into speaking is the adrenaline rush. Yeah. Was a replacement for doing the stupid stuff that I do. I love it. That's awesome. That's a good replacement. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit safer anyway. Yeah, trade your death-defying rides for speaking on stage. That's way better. <laughs> and so that that's kind of how I got into the the speaking realm and 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 how I am doing something trying to monetize something that I that I love to do that I'm passionate about. Yeah. And you just got to leave, you got to, you can't leave anything out. And, and maybe we can wrap up with, with this story. I, you've heard the story Acres of Diamonds, correct? Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you're going to tell this story. I was hoping you would. <laughs> and, and for those who don't know the story of Acres of Diamonds, about a, a Persian farmer, his name was Ali Hafed. He sold his farm and he went in search of diamonds. He died broke alone and in a foreign land, and he, he never found those, those riches. His, the guy that he sold the farm to was watering his camel in a brook, and he saw this weird rock down there and <laughs> picks it up and looks at it, and lo and behold, it's, it's a diamond. He <laughs> found diamonds, literally acres of diamonds That's in so Ali Hafed's backyard. Oh. <laughs> My, st my family, we have a similar story. Instead of acres of diamonds, it's called acres of pig poop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we mentioned earlier, I grew up in a small town in southern New Mexico, and we were, my dad was a pig farmer. There were more pigs in my town because of my dad. Yes, right. At any one time on the farm, we would have 19,000, 20,000 pigs on the farm. Wow. 2,000 sows. 
a sow is a mama pig and they can have two and a half litters of pigs every year. Wow. And on our farm, we averaged 9.7 something pigs per litter. Wow. That's a that's, lot of pigs. That's a lot of pigs, which <laughs> creates a lot of pig poop. Yes. We had these three man-made ponds that we, that we made to, they were sewage ponds. It's where we would divert the pig poop into. <laughs> It would go to one one year, and then we'd let that one settle. It would go to the next, and we would just rotate them every year. Yeah. And in now, like I mentioned, Dad was wasn't just a farmer; he was a businessman. Right. And when he was in his mid sixties, he decided it was time to shut down the pig operation and go in search of his next acres of diamonds. He died at age eighty one. He didn't find his next big thing mm -hmm. two years after that we sold the farm for two hundred and thirty five thousand dollars that was the price the fair price for the property right now those ponds that i was telling you about they'd been dry for years 20 30 years they had been dry and they were dry on top the new owners of the of our farm were leveling these ponds and the heavy grater broke through the crust, Ooh. sunk up to its belly in this black muck. <laughs> they called in experts to, to analyze the stuff. And right there on the spot, they offered the new owners $2,000 a ton for the <laughs> stuff. For the stuff. <laughs> that's a dollar a pound for old pig poop oh so sad. it was your diamonds 500 tons of the stuff oh my gosh were literally acres of diamonds right under my dad's nose well maybe not literally acres of diamonds but they were money right under my dad's nose yep the farm that we sold for two hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars was now worth over a million dollars so the moral of the story is right. where are your acres of diamonds? Yes. Are they right there within your grasp? Are they right in your own backyard? Mm-hmm. Are they right there under your nose? <laughs> so don't, oh, are you overlooking them like Ali Hafed and my dad? Don't. Right. Be aware of the opportunities that are around you and be willing to take action to monetize those opportunities. And this is, this is a, a phrase I like to say. I, I use a phrase, what happens when what happens happens. Yeah. And, and tell them what that means. It's a little bit weird, but think about it. So what happens when, when stuff happens in life? <laughs> stuff. <laughs> right. You got to be prepared for, you got to have the resources to deal with it, mm -hmm. which I'm, I'm sorry it brings on another story, but um, my wife, she's Japanese. She goes to Japan every year to to visit her family. And while she's there, she gets her health checks done. Yeah. And she called me one time and she said that the initial indication, the initial test indicate cancer. Yeah, scary. And that, that's scary for anybody. Everybody's life has been touched by cancer. 
Oh yeah, totally. You know, my, my brother, he died at age 53, leaving behind a wife and seven kids from, from wow. cancer. That's I have a sister that died at age 62 from cancer. So my mind was racing. Oh, sure. You know, and, and obviously the first thought was I could lose my wife. Yeah. And then sadly, the second thought was we can't afford this. Oh. You know, money isn't everything unless you don't have any or you right. don't have enough. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think we had enough for me to drop everything and be by her side. Right. And to deal with, I mean, the mental stress, everything. So, so what happens when what happens happens? Are you prepared for it? Do you have the resources to deal with what happens with whatever happens when what happens happens? Right. And that's what I, tr I like to prepare people to do. That's what I try to prepare. I mean, that was a wake up call for me and my wife. So the finish of the story of that, it came back as, as precancerous. We had to have surgery, but all is good. Yeah. And it's a wake up call. It is. Great but do we need to have a wake up call like that to get motivated to be prepared? We right. should be prepared before it happens because what, what if it hadn't been precancerous? What if it had been full-blown cancer? Yeah. And you I don't even want to know what would have happened. Right. Scary. So that's what, I, that's what I try and tell people they need to do. Yeah, that's your why, you know? So you can afford to deal properly with stuff when it happens. And and it doesn't have to be bad things. Yeah, that's true. What if, what if I have a friend who found the love of his life? Yeah. And his main worry was, I don't know if I can afford it. Oh, that's sad. And so are you prepared for the good things? Yeah. You have the opportunity to go on vacation it's a great deal, but you don't have enough money to go or you're too worried to go. Yeah. And it's time sensitive. So right. If you're not ready, you miss out. So it doesn't need to be just about the bad things that happen in life. Yeah. Good point. It, it can be about the good things that happen in life. I love it. It's a very, uh, it's a very good I don't know, way to live. It's a really good philosophy to live by. Just well, I just add that I love not having to go to a nine to five. Right? <laughs> That's the best. I also love not going to a nine to five. It's amazing. Right. And, yeah. and, 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 and if you, I'm not telling people to quit their job. That's if you like what you right. do, right. you know, do it. Right. But even if you, even if you have a regular nine to five, you need multiple streams of income because you never know what's going to happen. You could get oh, laid yeah. off. Totally. You could get hurt. Mm -hmm. You know, and so you just need to be prepared. Right. For what happens when what happens happens. <laughs> exactly. Because yeah, so. it will happen. It will. It, it's always going to happen at some point. So just be prepared and then you don't have to worry about it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Bart, you were super awesome. And I love that you came on our my podcast today. 
and well thanks for having me you're so welcome i hear you have a special gift for my listeners i do if you go to monetizeyourmindset.com you will get a free side hustle cheat sheet and what it is it is the top 10 side hustles that are out there for those who need to stay home like if you have to stay home a housewife with kids mm -hmm. so top 10 of of the side hustles out there for a mom who needs to stay home and have kids awesome. or top 10 if you don't need to stay home and that's oh. just my opinion and that's just of the of the many that are out there that i was aware of that i think are the best options for people to get started that's awesome i know a lot of people when they want to stay home and do a side hustle they they run into so many scams that they eventually just give up right so frustration so that's awesome you have a list of like legit ways they can monetize what they're doing so that's awesome thank you for and, giving them that and realize this is not a get these are not get rich quick side hustle stuff these are legit side hustles that are out there yeah. for people. exactly and um, so it's bartmerrill.com, and Merrill is M-E-R-R-E-L-L? -L. Yes. And here's a tip for your listeners. Yes. <clears throat> you had to ask me how to spell my last name. Yeah. That means there's an alternate spelling out there that is M-E-R-R-I-L-L. -L. Right. I own both. Oh, that's so smart. That is really smart of you. And so that's if, if you have that that situation with your name or with your website, buy both and point the 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 misspelled one to your website so that it, it goes the same place. That's a great tip. A free URL tip from Bart. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this was great. I think you gave a lot of value to my listeners. So thank you so much for coming You're on welcome. today. Oh, thanks. So, um, again, if you guys want Bart's uh, side hustle worksheet, go to bartmerrill.com. Side hustle worksheet is at monetizeyourmindset.com. Oh, whoops, sorry. Monetizeyourmindset.com. The, the book is at bartmerrill.com, or you can get it on Amazon as well. Oh, okay. Or if you know him in real life like I do, you can buy it in person from him like I did. Yes, you can. <laughs> All right. Well, this was great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kelly. All right. And everybody go check out his book, get his worksheet and start making that extra money that I know everybody wants. Okay. All right. I will see you guys all later. Thanks for tuning in to the Queen of Manifesting today and have an amazing week. I'll talk to you again next weekend. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Okay, well, that's it for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. And again, if you want to contact me, sign up for my course. If you have program ideas or anything at all you need to contact me about, my email is kelly at thequeenofmanifesting.com. And that is also my website, www.thequeenofmanifesting.com. So you can also contact me there. There's a contact form at the bottom. So I try to make it pretty easy to get a hold of me. You guys are awesome. Thank you for listening. Thank you for all your awesome reviews. And if you haven't left a review yet, 
if you feel inclined, please do. Five-star reviews are super welcome, and I love to hear your feedback. So everybody have an awesome day, and I will talk to you on the next episode.